WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 501. Good morning. It is Monday, July 10th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine this morning. Thunderstorms likely this afternoon. High 82. Tonight, overnight. Stray shower possible, low 68. And then Tuesday, sunny and really hot. The high going to be in the 90s. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 72 and cloudy in Armonk up in Westchester County, 70 and cloudy in Jackson down in New Jersey. And it's 72 and cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning had the oddest, strangest moment in the dog park yesterday where I spend way too much of my time. In fact, I think my dog gets now more attention than my own children do, which I probably should figure out a better scenario. But I'm in the dog park yesterday. Not a lot of people there, like three or four. It's a huge dog park, very nice one right near my house. And um, all of a sudden, I hear this guy yell at his dog, come here, Hitler. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, did I hear that right? So I'm like, is it Dittler, Mittler, Zittler? Like, I, I'm like, there's no way this guy just called his dog Hitler. So then, like about 90 seconds later, this dog had was, you know, doing what dogs do. It was going around humping other dogs. And it started to hump this other dog again. And the guy was like, get over here, Hitler. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's dog is named Hitler. I've now heard this correctly. So now I'm like... What do I do with this information? Like, I, I'm offended by nothing, by the way, and I, I apologize if you are offended by that. I'm just not. But I wanted to know why someone would name their dog Hitler, of course. So I was going to go over because he had two dogs, and I was going to say, you know, just to start the conversation, say, hey, is the other dog's name Mussolini? You know, because I thought that would be sort of a way to open the conversation. But as I started to walk over to this guy, he gave Hitler a like correction slap like he hit the dog not hard but enough to sort of like some people do that like a correction slap not i don't do that with my dog but i see other people do this and i was like okay no this guy this is this is like maybe just some crazy wacko job that if i ask him he wants me to ask him i mean if you name your dog hitler you want me to come over and ask you why you named your dog hitler so i wasn't going to give him that satisfaction but of course there i was in the park texting all of my dog park friends and i'm like have you run into a guy whose dog is named hitler and they were all like no and they couldn't believe it they were as shocked as i was and they were like no you don't want to confront this guy because there's something wrong with him you, you know you don't name your dog hitler unless you're just just a complete nut job, uh, but bizarre. So a dog named Hitler in the dog park. It was a very strange afternoon. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Floodwaters take over parts of the Hudson Valley. A man on a scooter who went on a shooting spree behind bars. President Biden's cluster bomb plans has some Republicans praising him. RFK Jr. sets the record straight on vaccines. 
A Long Island teen's organs will give life to others. All right, let's get into it at 5.04. It is a mess up in the Hudson Valley. We did not get a lot of rain here in Manhattan and New Jersey. But if you were in the Hudson Valley, that storm system that didn't really open up until late last night really opened up on the Hudson Valley all day yesterday. Inches upon inches of rain flooding Orange County, parts of Westchester County, Rockland County, numerous roads consisting of State Route 9W, Palisades Interstate Parkway, experiencing heavy flooding. Uh, heavy flooding. Orange County Executive Steve New house was out trying to help coordinate the effort to help people stranded and there was lots of people stranded down wires major flooding it looks like the colorado river uh running through here i talked to the governor uh dot uh, everybody's working their hardest to get here we're handling all the calls on a priority basis so if your basement is flooded that is not a priority we are trying to rescue people that are stuck in their cars yeah they were spending a lot of the day trying to rescue people uh you had rockland county executive ed day urging people to remain indoors in a safe location until the weather passed in stony point boy it was bad there an entire park taken over by floodwaters uh homes flooded out two tennis been evacuated there's been flooding there route 9w is closed so stony point is taking a major hit i've been here 16 years I've never seen flooding like this at all, and this is where I, my daughter grew up, so I brought her here. I would bring her here when she was little, and and we we always had some great moments here, but this is insane. And then it turned tragic uh, late yesterday. A woman killed trying to leave her house in Highlands during a flash flood. Uh, This according to Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse, the woman in her 30s trying to leave with her dog when they were both swept away by the water. There's a major flash flood, major washouts were all around where her house is, so... I could definitely see where she was trying to get out to uh, to safety, but uh, did not make it, got swept away, and uh, unfortunately did not make it. There were better moments where there were neighbors helping out neighbors in Highland Falls, an entire apartment complex taken over by floodwaters. Nearby neighbors took those apartment people in. Everyone was down there with umbrellas, carrying people out of windows, getting people out of doors, making sure they had what they needed, and bringing them back up. And some of my neighbors were able to open their doors to them. So, I mean, there's some apartments that are full of people right now because they just they brought them into their house. Yeah, so we're going to see today some of that water going to recede, but it's just going to be hard to get around. This woman trying to get to her house, Highland Falls, said it took her three hours. The roads were just collapsing. The water was literally just piling onto the road. The water was just coming from everywhere. The roads were collapsing. Yeah, and uh, the, a moment of rescue in uh, New Rochelle amid all this storm. Uh, these people are going to take a jet ski out, and they touched some sort of railing that somehow got electrified. They were electrocuted, fell into the water, but thankfully Anthony Giacobbe was there. He jumped into the water to save them. I went back, and I got a net, and I helped pull, pull her out of the water with the net, and he was face down, and two other uh, m- members here came over and they pulled him out. She came to right away and uh, he was spitting up a lot of water. Again, the latest information we have on them is thank God they're both going to be okay. WABC News Time 510. President Biden just a number of hours ago landing in London. First leg of a five-day European trip. Air Force One landed just before 10 p.m. local time Sunday as the president begins a high-stakes visit leading up to the NATO summit. Biden will meet with British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on Monday and later visit with King Charles at Windsor Castle. He then travels 
travels to Lithuania to hold talks with NATO leaders in a show of support for Ukraine. The trip comes after the president announced that the U.S. plans to supply cluster bombs to the Ukrainian military. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, and those cluster bombs, all the talk over the weekend. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan defending the move, arguing that the munitions are critical for Ukraine to defend its territory against Russian forces. It's a difficult decision. It's a decision we deferred. It's a decision that required a real hard look at uh, the potential harm to civilians. President Biden telling reporters he approved the decision because Ukraine is running out of ammunition. We will not leave Ukraine defenseless at any point in this conflict, period. The Republican chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee says he does agree with President Biden's decision to send those cluster bombs to Ukraine. These weapons would be a game changer. They are highly effective, particularly hitting flanks of troops inside of Ukraine. Texas Congressman Michael McCall there defending the decision because Ukraine intends to use the weapons in self-defense. All the Ukrainians and Zelensky are asking for is to give them the same weapons the Russians have to use in their own country against Russians who are in their own country. It's been slowed tremendously because this administration has been so slow to get the weapons in. Yeah, and then you have the uh, Democrats on the other side. They're not, a lot of them, not happy with, with this. A Senate Democrat says he has real qualms about the Biden administration sending those cluster bombs to Ukraine. These are kinds of munitions that uh, can lead to some downstream risk to civilians. Senator Tim Kaine, Virginia, there pointing to a treaty that was point, uh, signed back in 2008 by 123 countries promising not to use cluster bombs in wars. There is an international convention against use of these cluster munitions that dates back to 2008. They've given us a variety of assurances that they're going to do this in a way that will focus on Russian military. Yeah, Ukrainian President Zelensky, though, says he expects now his country to join the European Union after the war against Russia ends. Uh, he was on ABC yesterday speaking through an interpreter, asked if he will go to this week's NATO summit. Vilnius summit is very important. If there is no unity regarding the technical invitation for Ukraine to join the alliance, it's all a matter of political will. Zelensky says he believes Ukraine has become a nation that's respected and is fighting for freedom and human rights. It would be an important message to say that NATO is not afraid of Russia. Ukraine should get clear security guarantees while it is not in NATO. 513 Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen calling her visit to China constructive. We had substantive conversations about the global economy, developments in our own economies, and a list of concerns. Yellen also says she addressed reports of Chinese authorities trying to intimidate U.S. companies doing business in China. She says she informed Chinese officials any actions the U.S. takes will be narrowly targeted and well explained. We will have further conversations about and try to address over time. National security is something that we can't compromise about and we will protect. All right, 514, let's go out to the campaign trail. Former President Trump targeting GOP challenger Ron DeSantis, Florida governor, following his latest rally took place over the weekend. I'm not a big fan of his, and he's highly overrated. He's highly overrated. Trump speaking in Las Vegas Saturday, attacking the Florida governor by calling him, as you heard, highly overrated. He went on to say that DeSantis was the one who wanted to raise minimum wage and cut Social Security, saying also that he has no personality. And then you have 
the challengers taking on Donald Trump, trying to figure out how to take him down as he has this huge lead in the polls leading up to the first debate this summer. One of the people trying to take him down, Governor Chris Christie, who says... President Trump is only in the campaign for himself and himself only. This is not somebody who's fighting for the American people and their future. This is all about his ego. Christie says uh, Trump only wants to undo his loss to President Biden during the 2020 race. Trying to undo the loss he had to Joe Biden in 2020. And he called him. He's uh, This is he's using this a lot. He says he's a three-time loser. He lost in 2018 the House of Representatives, lost the White House and the Senate in 2020. And in 2022, he wound up losing two more governorships, another seat in the Senate. All right, in a moment, we'll hear from some of the other Republicans in the race and some sections of an interview with RFK Jr. that Frank did on the other side of Midnight Overnight. A great interview. We'll get to that as well. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Well, happy Monday and good morning to you, Noam Alayde, and a couple of losses to get to from our local ball clubs yesterday with the Yanks losing 7-4 in their finale at home against the Chicago Cubs to surrender the weekend series while the Mets lost 2-3 over the weekend as well to the Padres in San Diego, complete with their 6-2 loss in the finale yesterday. For the Yanks, uh, Domingo Herman was lights out once again on the mound, coming out the, off that perfect game, surrendering just one run off one hit, albeit the one hit being a fifth-inning solo shot off the bat of Kurt Suzuki. It was the bullpen, though, that let the Bombers down as they head into the All-Star break at 49-42 and overall, and eight games back of first place in the AL East, and one game back of the final American League wildcard spot. Also of note, after stumbling into the break, hitting coach Dylan Lawson was fired by the team following yesterday's loss. New York's 231 batting average is 28th among the 30 major league teams, ahead of only Detroit and Oakland. So you're telling me these kids, they've been playing baseball since they're like six years old, mm-hmm. and they're not producing at the plate. Yeah. And some guy, I mean, I've heard of hitting coaches like Chris Chambliss, George Brett, Chili Davis. What's this guy's name? Dylan Lawson. It's Dylan Lawson's yeah. fault that the Yankees are not hitting the baseball. Well, it's not his fault, but if, if you're going to shake things up and if you... Uh, you know, I had wanna... this conversation, sorry, right. with uh, Jordan McDonald many years ago on the fan, but they shouldn't even have any coaches. Right. There, it's, it's, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's a stupid job, and, and they fire that guy first. He's sort of a... The day he gets hired, he's sort of a lame duck. It makes no sense. Yeah. I go back to Nolan. He's very busy. Yeah. <laughs> Yanks, this no. is not the fan. This is WABC. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're battering a major league worst 218 and 31 games since Aaron Judge went down with that toe injury in early June. No replacement has been announced yet. General Manager Brian Cashman said he will hire a successor from outside the organization before the Yanks uh, get their second half going on Friday in Colorado. Now for the Mets, they couldn't figure out San Diego's Joe Musgrove on the hill, while his counterpart Max Scherzer couldn't figure out the right-handed bat of Manny Machado at the dish. Machado homered twice off Scherzer and drove in runs, uh, five runs, I should say, on the day, while Musgrove shoved six strong innings to take the orange and blue down. The Mets head into their all-star break at 42 and 48 overall, and 18 and a half games back in the NL East. Well, they sit seven games back of the final National League wild card spot. And sticking with the Major League Baseball, known the first day of the 2023 MLB draft is over with the Pittsburgh Pirates selecting LSU star Paul Skeens with the number one overall pick. The Washington Nationals followed by drafting Skeens' teammate Dylan Cruz with the number two pick, making them the first pair of teammates to go 1-2 in MLB draft history. Locally at 26 overall, the Yanks selected George Lombard Jr., a shortstop out of Gulliver Prep High School in Florida. At number 32 overall, the Mets went with a shortstop as well in Colin Houck from Parkview High School in Georgia. 
There with your baseball news, I should say. Noam Layden, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519, as you've been hearing from Joe, our big story of the morning is this storm that just parked itself over the Hudson Valley. We didn't get a lot of rain in New Jersey. There was not a lot of rain in uh, the five boroughs, but in the Hudson Valley yesterday, just inches of rain falling from the storm. It just stopped, parked itself. Lots of roadways washed out. One death, a woman uh, in Orange County trying to leave her flooded out home got caught amid the floodwaters with her dog. They both were swept away and died. Uh, lots of basements flooded out. Lots of people forced to leave their homes. They were making rescues as late as last night from people who were trapped in cars and in homes. I'm sure that'll be the case today. Thankfully, those waters expected to receded. But, of course, keep it here. Joe will have the latest on the roadways. We'll have all the other details right here on 77 WABC. 520, as I promised, back out onto the campaign trail. Not all the names as well known as Donald Trump and Chris Christie, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, he's on the campaign trail. He says he won't support a federal abortion ban if he's elected. What's going to pass in North Dakota is not ever going to pass in California, New York, and wouldn't even pass in the state of Minnesota. Burgum says he did agree with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade last year. I believe in states' rights. And I believe that the president of the United States has got a defined set of things they're supposed to work on, and it's not every culture war topic. On the Democratic side, it's just Joe Biden right now and RFK Jr., who was on with Frank on the other side of midnight. Uh, great interview of uh, the entire thing up at WABCRadio.com. Uh, Frank asked him a lot of good questions. One of, of course, the obvious, uh, why did you decide to run? I'm running now very, very unexpectedly. I never thought that I would run for certainly for the presidency, particularly at my age, but I see my country being swept away from me and my political party walking away from its traditional values. And I want my kids to grow up in the same, with the same pride in their country that I grew up. I, you know, I grew up believing with a lot of evidence to support it that this country was the best country in human history. RFK Jr. saying that the middle class is getting socked and pushed around, and he says if he makes it to the White House, that'll stop. When I was a kid, we had the biggest middle class in human history. It was the greatest economic generator in our history. We owned half the wealth on the face of the earth, and we squandered all of that. And, you know, the middle class is now under assault and beleaguered and limping in this country and we're you know we're building a country of billionaires on top and widespread poverty below it and uh you know a lot of the talk uh, centered around rfk jr's campaign is that he is an anti-vaxxer and um here's what he had to say he says he's not an anti-vaxxer my position on vaccines frank is they should be safety tested the way that other medications are safety tested. They should have placebo-controlled trials prior to licensure. Vaccines are the only medicine or medical device that is exempt from pre-licensing safety testing. So yeah. of the 72 vaccines currently mandated for our children, not one of them has been tested in, in pre-licensing studies against the placebo. So we do not know the, the risk profiles of those products. Now, you can hear the whole interview. He talks a lot about the family as well, more about why he's running. Go to WABCRadio.com. Good job done by Frank. Uh, RFK Jr., by the way, over the weekend on his Twitter feed, giving an interesting tour of the Kennedy compound. 
on Martha's Vineyard. Um, it's not long. It's like four minutes. It's on his Twitter feed, but I found it fascinating. If you follow him or don't follow him, you can go check out the video either way. All right, 524. A leading NASA scientist says El Nino's weather cycle is part of the reason we're seeing record temperatures this summer. It's going to get awfully hot here this week. The combination of climate change and El Nino means we're seeing higher global temperatures. That's the chief NASA scientist, senior climate advisor, Dr. Kate Calvin, uh, saying that El Nino years are typically warmer than La Nina years, although 2022 was the warmest La Nina year and the fifth warmest overall. El Nino years tend to be warmer than La Nina. Uh, 2022 was a La Nina year. It was actually the, the warmest La Nina year we've ever had. Uh, it was tied for fifth warmest overall. Climate change, Calvin says, is more than just temperature. It's also affecting things like the water cycle. So we're seeing more heavy precipitation events more droughts. We're seeing increases in extreme events like storms. 524, heavy fog may have caused a deadly plane crash at the French Valley Airport in California Saturday morning. It appears that the weather was at the minimums for landing at that airport. So the visibility and ceilings allowed for a landing, but it was right on the minimum. NTSB officials say the plane crashed about 500 feet short of the runway, and the plane was consumed in flames, and crews arrived. Six people on board. All of them were killed. Now they'll try to figure out exactly what took place. Well, shortly before landing, a uh, marine layer began to envelop the area with uh, low ceilings and visibilities. Yeah, FAA, NTSB on the scene in California today. 525. Down to D.C., a January 6th rioter who used bear mace at the Capitol building is getting a bit of a break from a federal judge. Trump appointed U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden sentenced Tyler Bench to probation and 60 days of home incarceration for his involvement in the riot. Prosecutors were requesting nine months in federal prison. During the sentencing, Judge McFadden told Bench he was giving him a break and added his involvement in the riot was, quote, pretty minor. Bench's attorney said his client now hopes to start a career in law enforcement since he was only charged with misdemeanors. I'm Jim Forbes. Let's go up to Boston. A Harvard professor says he may have found parts of alien technology from a meteor that landed on Earth back in 2014. Avi Loeb and his team brought the materials from where the meteor crashed off the coast of Papua New Guinea to Harvard to analyze. U.S. Space Command confirms with near certainty that it comes from another solar system and gave Loeb a 10-kilometer radius of where it landed. Loeb said they found several spherules or metallic marbles that have colors of gold, blue, brown and some of them resemble a miniature of the earth i'm brian shook hmm, interesting all right the big story we've been covering all morning since we've come on at five o'clock the flooding that has taken place in the hudson valley we're watching uh we're just being told that there are still rescues being made uh and as the water will hopefully recede today but some people still trapped in their homes trapped in their cars we'll get to that story and more <laughs> The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC, Coney Island, and 77 WABC. Both are real New York. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Monday, July 10th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine this morning. Thunderstorms likely this afternoon. The high 82 tonight overnight. Stray shower possible. Low 68. And then it's going to be downright hot tomorrow. Tuesday, sunshine high in the 90s. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 72 and cloudy in Armonk up in Westchester County. 70 and cloudy in Jackson down in New Jersey. And it is 71 actually clearing skies here in Midtown Lots of flood waters throughout the Hudson Valley. The storm that we kind of saw in the tri-state area for much of us, uh, it was just a shower, brief one, and then it moved on. But uh, that storm yesterday parked itself over the Hudson Valley, especially Dutchess, Orange, and Rockland counties, dropping inches upon inches of water in a very short period of time. Flash floods uh everywhere of firefighters making all kinds of rescues uh, roadways washed out joe nolan i'll have the details just coming up in a few minutes uh, if you're in certain parts of rockland orange and dutchess counties it might be better just to work remotely today because there are a lot of roadways you will not be able to get past uh, one death so far, a woman in Orange County trying to get out of her flooded home, got caught in the flood waters with her dog, was washed away. There was another incident in uh, New Rochelle in Westchester County. Uh, th- during this uh, flooding, uh, two people were going out to get onto jet skis, and they somehow touched a bar that had become electrified. They were electrocuted, fell into the water, but thank God there was somebody there at the pier who saw this all, jumped into the water, and what we've been told, those two people are going to be okay. And then there was just all kind of wackiness. The summer shootings continued here in the big city over the weekend. Uh, Just a wild one Saturday, a gunman on a scooter going on a shooting spree, killing one, injuring at least five or six others. This was Saturday morning. Uh, They have the guy behind bars. His name is Thomas Abreu, 25 years old. Not really clear what he was doing, but he had a handgun with an extended magazine. Uh, He drove through Queens and Brooklyn on this scooter, just firing away. This began about 11 o'clock on Saturday. First shot a 21-year-old man in the shoulder near the intersection of Ashford Street and Arlington Avenue. That gentleman was brought to Brookdale Hospital Medical Center in stable condition, expected to survive. I would like to know the why. Uh, so, and then about 17 minutes later, uh, 86-year-old Hamusa Day was found with a gunshot wound to his back in Richmond Hill, Queens. He was taken to the hospital where he died. Uh, just awful. He was apparently on his way to a prayer service. Shortly afterward in Queens, witnesses reported a man on a scooter fighting into a group of people standing at an intersection on Jamaica Avenue. Thankfully, he did not hit anybody there. Then a 44-year-old man was shot in the face. And you can imagine just the families of all these people who took bullets just freaked out. I would like to know the why. The why, because he's not because he's my grandson, but he's a good kid. And you could talk to anybody that he's a good kid. 
it breaks my heart because I can't help him. The 44-year-old man shot in the face in critical condition. I feel so sad because he was a very known person. Yeah, this is, uh, they're talking about this uh, 86-year-old Hamusa Day who was killed amid this scooter rampage. Again, we don't have any motive for this, why he did it. It seemed very random, just shooting at people as he rode on his scooter. And Sadeh, a well-known figure in his community, uh, people who went to the mosque with him say he's just a great guy. I feel so sad because he was a very known person of doing good stuff, very well-loved in the Yemeni community, very well-loved. He did a lot of good things to a lot of people. The last, like... You know, communication I had between him is a simple smile, really. It's, I looked at him, I smiled at him, he smiled back. Yeah, so six shootings in all. It's hurtful. It's somebody's life. It's not just the animal on the street for them to be posting him like that. They were telling him not to not to move, and he just told them, don't let me die. Yeah, yeah just an awful scene. So uh, six shootings in all. Uh, this creep, this uh, now really alleged murderer, a brew, uh, was uh, took a, you know took off on his scooter. But of course, the NYPD cops, you can't beat them. A uh, short time later, they caught up with him. He's arrested, now charged with murder. A whole bunch facing a, a, a whole slew of other charges. Uh, too many to list. Uh, no priors, which is interesting. Usually, when it's a case like this. There's a ton of priors. His only prior uh, interaction with the police was a traffic violation. So I imagine we'll sort this out a little bit and we'll get a motive. I'm sure that motive won't make a whole lot of sense. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to Newark where family members, along with members of Newark's Firefighters Union, sharing their grief after two local firefighters killed while fighting a cargo ship fire last week. Michael Junto, he's president of the Newark Firefighters Union. He said it's too early to talk about what might have gone wrong in fighting that blaze aboard that cargo ship that contained 5,000 cars. You know, all that's going to be answered because, like, you have questions. I got a lot of questions, and I want answers. Junta also says President Biden called, offered his condolences, invited family members to visit the Oval Office. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help the families of the fallen firefighters. Um, President Joe Biden uh, gave us a call, wanted to know if we needed anything. Those are, that's the outreach that we've had. Yeah, and uh, just, you know, remembering the two that were killed. You know, we do know the dangers, and uh, unfortunately, Dave's lost his life as a result of that. So funeral and viewing arrangements for the two firefighters who were killed while battling that still-burning cargo ship over the weekend. I think it's now officially out at Port Newark. Planned to be held this week at the Cathedral Basilica of Sacred Heart in Newark. The viewing for Augusto Akabu, who was just 45 years old. That's going to be on Wednesday, his funeral on Thursday. The viewing for Wayne Bear Brooks, who was just 49, uh, going to be on Thursday. And his funeral will be on Friday. The cathedral located right there on Ridge Street in uh, downtown Newark. So it's going to be a sad week for those families and for Newark firefighters, really for firefighters everywhere. Let's stay in New Jersey. Governor Murphy signing a series of bills in an effort to crack down on the uh, uptick in auto thefts in New Jersey. For so many of us, our cars are our lifeline. So to have it stolen can have terrible consequences for families, 
and completely upend their lives. One bill makes it a crime to have or distribute special tools to break into vehicles. Another piece of that legislation makes it a more serious crime to steal a vehicle based on its value. For the safety of our communities, we must stop and deter those persistent repeat offenders that continue to steal vehicles. So Governor Murphy taking to the uh, news shows over the weekend says that the nation's economy is getting better, but he says Americans are not noticing. The facts are on the side of the president and his administration, and I think eventually that seeps into the the general sense of how the economy is. So Murphy is on the Biden-Harris campaign national advisory board. That's why he was on, uh, this was on Meet the Press yesterday. He claims 13 million jobs have been created under the Biden administration. 13 million jobs created I think unemployment below 4% for the longest stretch in 50 years. He did talk about inflation, though. But the United States over the past year is the leading deflationary country Mm -hmm. in the developed world. There's a lot of people who would push back against that, but Governor Murphy on the talk shows over the weekend. 542, let's go out to Long Island. A car crashed into a house in Farmingdale last night. Fire departments racing to 6 Park Avenue. A teen behind the wheel of this car, passenger with him as well. They suffered uh, minor injuries. In fact, they were treated at the scene. Firefighters trying to figure out exactly what took place. We had some concerns of structural damage to the house. So we notified Nassau County Fire Communications for a uh, minor matrix of a technical rescue team. Yeah, so I guess the structure of the house is okay. Exact cause of what took place, why they drove their car into the house, that's not clear. Let's stay out on Long Island. The uh, 17-year-old Selden teenager who died after collapsing during football practice last week is being remembered as a hero of uh, the family now donating his organs. Robert Bush was on life support after suffering a sudden cardiac arrest on Monday at Newfield High. Doctors declared Robert clinically dead on Friday. His family says the teen has now saved the lives with his organs of three other people. Here's his brother. I'm still trying to, you know, accept the fact that he's no longer here. We just found out moments ago that uh, where he's helping a 60-year-old female in Massachusetts, a 60-year-old female in New Jersey, and a 50-year-old female here in New York. Surgery is just completed now. Yeah, nice scene over the weekend. More than 200 people from Bush's hometown gathering outside Stony Brook University Hospital on Friday night when they told him he was going to be taken off life support. That's when an honor walk took place on the fourth floor of the hospital moments before his organs were harvested. Steve Bush, his brother, says uh, giving the life to others, well, you know, that's the only good side of this. We knew if he had the opportunity, even alive, if I can save three people, hey, guys, guess what? I'm going to save those three people right now. He's my hero. He's, he's my hero. Yeah, Robert Bush was one of those ten siblings in that family. Amazing. 544, the NYPD. Last week, at the end of the week, launching this ad campaign to warn New Yorkers against subway surfing, which... They claim is being fueled by social media. People, you know, subway surf. They then take those videos, upload them to things like uh, TikTok and um, YouTube. And so now there's this campaign uh, to stop teens from doing that. No amount of likes or comments from your friends is worth the devastation you will bring yourself 
and to your family. The NYPD behind this, they've made roughly 70 arrests related to subway surfing. And officers actually now making home visits to families when a teen is caught in the act to tell their parents, hey, I want you to know what your kids are up to. They're making these subway surfing videos. Four people have died just in the last couple months, four teenagers. Young, immature, and impressionable kids who are not thinking of tragic consequences and are only thinking of in the moment. And they're thinking of attention and popularity. So Mayor Adams has asked these social media networks like TikTok to take down these videos and not let others upload them. So far, TikTok has not agreed to do that. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Allen. Uh, thank you, Noam Layden. A couple of losses to get to from our local ball clubs yesterday with the Yankees losing 7-4 to in their finale at home against the Chicago Cubs to surrender the weekend series, while the Mets lost 2-3 uh, over the weekend as well to the Padres in San Diego, complete with their 6-2 loss in the finale yesterday. For the Yanks, Domingo Herman was lights out once again on the mound following that perfect game performance, surrendering just one a run off one hit, albeit the one hit being a fifth-inning solo shot off the bat of Kurt Suzuki. It was the bullpen that let the Bombers down as they head into the All-Star break at 49-42 and overall, and eight games back of first place in the AL East, and one game back of the final American League wildcard spot. Also of note, after stumbling into the break, hitting coach Dylan Lawson was fired by the team following yesterday's loss, and uh, no replacement has been announced. General Manager Brian Cashman said he will hire a successor from outside the organization before the Yankees begin the second half Friday in Colorado. Now for the Mets, they couldn't figure out San Diego's Joe Musgrove on the hill, while his counterpart in Max Scherzer couldn't figure out the right-handed bat of Manny Machado at the dish. Machado homered twice off Scherzer and drove in five runs on the day, while Musgrove shoved six strong innings to take the orange and blue down. The Mets head into their All-Star break at 42-48 and 48 overall and 18 and a half games back in the NL East while they sit seven games back in the final National League wildcard spot. The first day of the 2023 MLB draft is over with the Pittsburgh Pirates selecting LSU star Paul Skeens with the number one overall pick. The Washington Nationals followed by drafting Skeens' teammate Dylan Cruz with the number two pick, making them the first pair of teammates to go 1-2 in MLB draft history. Locally at number 26 overall, the Yankees selected George Lombard Jr., shortstop out of Gulliver Prep High School in Florida. And at number 32 overall, the Mets went with a shortstop as well in Colin Houck from Parkview High in Georgia. Do they start playing right away or no? Uh, no, I, I believe... Actually, yeah, I think I think they do in the minor leagues. And huh. low A ball, they'll, they'll go right into it. Yeah, why not? Huh. All right, cool. Yeah. Total. So that's your sports. No, on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Ellick. All right, let's catch you up on some of the biggest stories of the morning. One of them related to Joe's traffic report there. Just hours of heavy rain in the Hudson Valley, producing life-threatening flash flooding across the Hudson Valley. Just that storm yesterday that didn't pour a lot of rain on a lot of us just parked itself over the Hudson Valley for hours on end, inches of rain falling. Uh, one person killed in the flood waters numerous roadways uh, just washed out others experienced heavy flooding orange county executive steve newshouse uh, was helping coordinate the effort to help people who were stranded and there were uh, lots of them down wires major flooding it looks like the colorado river uh running through here i talked to the governor uh, DOT, uh, everybody's working their hardest to get here. We're handling all the calls on a priority basis. So if your basement is flooded, we're, that is not a priority. We are trying to 
rescue people that are stuck in their cars. Yeah, we were getting words of rescue into this morning. Even if certain roads are passable, drivers are urged to be very careful. As you heard from Joe Nolan, so many of those roads closed. Rockland County Executive Ed Day urging residents to remain indoors in a safe location yesterday until that weather passed. In Stony Point, boy, just the floodwaters taking over a park and a po- apartment complex. Uh, neighbors say they could not remember flooding this bad. Two tenants been evacuated. There's been flooding there. Route 9W is closed. So Stony Point is taking a major hit. I've been here 16 years. I've never seen flooding like this at all. And this is where I, my daughter grew up. So I brought her here. I would bring her here when she was little, and and we we always had some great moments here, but this is insane. And it turned tragic yesterday afternoon. A woman killed trying to leave her house in Highlands during a flash flood with her dog in her mid-30s when they were both swept away by the water. There's a major flash flood, major washouts were all around where her house is, so I could definitely see where she was trying to get out to, uh, to safety, but... Uh, did not make it, got swept away, and uh, unfortunately did not make it. National Weather Service reporting a portion of U.S. 6 near Fort Montgomery, that's in Orange County, collapsed west of Palisades Interstate Parkway. That was last night in Highland Falls. Uh, neighbors actually took in other neighbors who were flooded out in an apartment complex there. Everyone was down there with umbrellas, carrying people out of windows, getting people out of doors, making sure they had what they needed, and bringing them back up. And some of my neighbors were able to open their doors to them. So, I mean, there's some apartments that are full of people right now because they just they brought them into their houses. Yeah, so this is uh, Orange, Rockland, parts of Dutchess County, parts of Westchester County, flooded streets. This woman, she was trying to get to Highland Falls yesterday. She said normally the ride home takes about a half hour. It took her three hours because she kept getting turned around by flooded streets. The roads were just collapsing. The water was literally just piling onto the road. The water was just coming from everywhere. The roads were collapsing. And amid all this rain and amid all this flooding, a wild scene in New Rochelle yesterday. Two people going out on a jet ski. They touched a railing that somehow conducted an electric current. They got a huge shock. Both fell unconscious into the water. Thank God this guy, Anthony Giacobbe, he was right there on the dock and he saw this took place. He got others to jump in and help save these two. They're going to be okay. I went back and I got a net. And I helped pull her out of the water with the net, and he was face down. And two other uh, members here came over, and they pulled him out. She came to right away, and uh, he was spitting up a lot of water. Yeah, so the latest we had is they're going to be okay. Uh, so just a mess. Uh, it'll be a day of cleanup, of course, in the Hudson Valley. And you'll hold all of that information right here on 77 WABC. Uh, nationally, internationally, the big story, President Biden now in London on his first leg of a five-day European trip. Air Force One landed just before 10 p.m. local time Sunday as the president begins a high-stakes visit leading up to the NATO summit. Biden will meet with British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on Monday and later visit with King Charles at Windsor Castle. He then travels to Lithuania to hold talks with NATO leaders in a show of support for Ukraine. The trip comes after the president announced that the U.S. plans to supply cluster bombs to the Ukrainian military. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, and those cluster munitions to Ukraine going to be the big topic, no doubt, on this trip uh, given to Ukraine and its fight against Russia. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan defending the move over the weekend, arguing that the munitions are critical for Ukraine to defend itself against Russia. It's a difficult decision. It's a decision we deferred. It's a decision that required a real 
hard look at uh, the potential harm to civilians. The bombs are controversial as they explode, sending multiple munitions over a wide area. We will not leave Ukraine defenseless at any point in this conflict, period. And the Republicans taking the president's side, Republican chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, says he agrees with Biden's decision to send those cluster bombs to Ukraine. These weapons would be a game changer. They are highly effective, particularly hitting flanks of troops inside of Ukraine. That's Texas Congressman Michael McCall defending the decision because he says Ukraine intends to use the weapons in self-defense. All the Ukrainians and Zelensky are asking for is to give them the same weapons the Russians have to use in their own country against Russians who are in their own country. Democrats, though, some of them don't like this idea. They have real qualms about the Biden administration sending those cluster bombs to Ukraine. One of them, Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia. These are kinds of munitions that uh, can lead to some downstream risk to civilians. So Kaine uh, pointing to this treaty that was signed back in 2008 by 123 countries promising not to use cluster bombs in war. The U.S., Russia, and Ukraine, though, did not sign that treaty. There is an international convention against use of these cluster munitions that dates back to 2008. They've given us a variety of assurances that they're going to do this in a way that will focus on Russian military. Yeah, so that no doubt will be the talk as the president uh, continues on this European trip. 555, let's take it to a lighter note. Lottery fever spreading with a winning combined prize of over a billion dollars, both big lotteries, Mega Millions, Powerball, Jesse Kirsch. Well, he's uh, stating the obvious here, that the odds are against you. The chances you're going to win this, not that great. Powerball says your odds of winning are less than 1 in 292 million. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's the same as being struck by lightning, though you might actually have better odds of being struck by lightning. You're almost 250 times more likely to be struck by lightning in a given year. The Florida Museum says you're almost 80 times more likely to be bitten by a shark. Okay, all right. And uh, Sir Elton John's long goodbye to touring wrapped up Saturday night in Stockholm, his last concert he says ever. The pop rock icon's farewell Yellow Brick Road tour is the highest grossing tour of all time, spanning nearly five years and 333 concerts. Sir Elton told fans during Saturday's show that after 50 years, he'll never tour again, but left open the possibility of doing something in the future, such as one-off shows. He closed his last tour show with a performance of Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. The 1973 album has sold more than 20 million copies worldwide. I'm Scott Carr.